Welcome to the Eye Test, a fantasy football podcast for those who are tired of hearing boring stats all day. This is episode 20, and this is our Get That Corn Out of My Face segment. <laughs> so for those who don't know, this is basically the opposite of what's in the flex. What's in the flex is players that have ascended into your starting lineup. Get That Corn Out of My Face is players that are leaving your starting lineup and just going to that fucking bench or just getting off your fucking team they exactly they don't even belong on your bench exactly so i'm gonna just kick it off here kareem hunt this guy was a solid flex play for a couple years since he's been on the browns splitting the work for the most part with nick chubb but this year it seems like nick chubb has just completely taken over the backfield not really sure what's changed with the browns really for them to make that change, but Kareem Hunt hasn't put up over, let's say, over his best game in the recent weeks was 11 on Halloween. So that oh. goes way back to week eight. And he hasn't had over 15 all year besides for week one when he had a touchdown and had his best game of the year. I think he had two touchdowns, actually. So I'm officially declaring Kareem Hunt Benchworthy and borderline droppable. droppable. But <laughs> borderline droppable, the only reason I won't go so far to say he's a definite drop is because on the off chance that Nick Chubb gets hurt, you want to have that handcuff, probably one of the best handcuffs in the league, besides for the Madison Tingle, of course. <laughs> I love that Madison Tingle. I've been holding on to him all year in my one league. Yep, and <laughs> Alvin Cook will probably stay healthy all year, but just on the chance that he does, you want that little tingle. But, yeah, Kareem Hunt's just been really bad all year. It's probably mainly due to his usage. I'm sure once he gets to a new team next year, because I don't expect the Browns to re-sign him, he'll be the RB1 and, you know, maybe on the Rams or something like that, and he'll be back to fantasy relevance. But this year just isn't it for him. And he is the get-that-corn-out-of-my-face player for me. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very surprised that Kareem Hunt was not moved at the trade deadline. I thought for sure because the Browns this year are they're not making the playoffs. I don't care what anybody says. Deshaun Watson comes back, they're not going to make the playoffs. But Kareem Hunt, I mean, he could have gone to a contender and they could have gotten some talent for him. What are you guys looking at me like that for? Because I'm just because <laughs> I just don't think Deshaun Watson's gonna. I don't think the Browns will make the playoffs either, but. I know you don't think Deshaun Watson's going to play well when he comes back. Oh, no, dude. I am. I will die on this hill. Until Deshaun Watson proves me wrong, you can't step away from the game for over two years, almost three years, and come back to a brand-new team, to a brand-new coach, to a brand-new system, and expect to play well. I don't care if you're Jesus Christ himself. That's really hard to do. And then with also Deshaun Watson's, like, his legal issues aren't gone. Like, they're still lingering over his head the entire and so 57 girls that's a lot if it was like one or two i'd be like oh they're lying and then it was 20 then it was 30 and it was i'm like okay is it really 57 now it's like 54 57 that's the some last time Will cosby shit right there oh my Dude. god that's so bad <laughs> you feel like that was the best way for him to get like you're deshaun watson going to the club and just like girls will throw themselves at you i bet it's. i, it's think, I think it's a kink yeah, I was going to say it's like a fantasy, like fetish type thing, probably. Because it, 
he, like you said, he probably can just walk into anywhere and get any girl that he wants, but it makes it more exciting. It's like playing a game almost, you know? Okay, shit. Yeah. Wee -woo, wee -woo. No, oh, what the? No, that's the horny police coming to Sean Watson's house. It's so fucked up, but it probably is like, you know, a fetish thing. So weird. It is weird. I have someone who has a fetish too for my get that corn out of my face. Let's well, hear it. Gotta, gotta say, oh, get that corn out of my face. Yeah. Yeah. This guy has a fetish with constantly getting injured every <laughs> single year. And his name is Elijah Mitchell, dude. Oh. He. Is it was just released probably an hour before we recorded this podcast that he's out for the rest of the season. Six to eight weeks is how they worded it, which is weird at this point of the year. I guess that's, I guess if they make the Super Bowl, he could play. But uh, dude, he is, he's like a solid flex player. Can we agree with that when he's healthy? When he's probably yeah. a solid, when he's healthy without Christian McCaffrey, he was a borderline, right. like, like a borderline he, RB1. Yeah, that's crazy because I was saying the same thing. I looked at his score sheet and he – I don't even think he broke double digits all year. But it's weird because, like, he has some good runs. Like, he has big playability. He's um, very – Yeah, he yeah, like four points, nine points, six points, six points. But he averages five yards a carry, which is nice. But he just doesn't get that many attempts or score touchdowns. But anyway, he's – he needs to just get dropped right now. He should not get drafted next year. I would trade away Elijah Mitchell for like an uncrustable sandwich, maybe like frozen uncrustable sandwich. But he's just, he just cannot stay healthy. The dude's made of glass, more glass than DeAndre Swift is. DeAndre Swift will always be my get that corn out of my face. But I for this it. week, it's Elijah Mitchell. Get Elijah Mitchell out of my face. Wait, hold on before we move on to Paul. You mentioned Uncrustables. Grape or strawberry? Grape. I'm really? a grape guy. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the classic. It is the classic. Do you like grape, peanut butter, and jellies, but strawberry Uncrustables? I love grape. I grew up on, like, grape jelly and all that stuff. But as I've grown, as I've matured, I've, <laughs> I've realized that strawberry is just far superior yeah, strawberries and chocolate is banging. So strawberries and peanut butter is probably better than grape and peanut butter. Honestly, I'm not sure. I've tried a strawberry uncrustable. It's it's not even just uncrustable. Strawberry jelly, anything strawberry with peanut butter is it's amazing. It's okay. so, it's I think it's like grapes the classic, like I said, but I personally think strawberry is better. Right, I, maybe, maybe I'll do like an uncrustables review on our TikTok page. Dude, yes. <laughs> I love that. I'm, you guys want to know how weird I am. You know what my favorite for peanut butter? I do, Bob, I will say I do like butter and strawberry jelly on my English muffins in the morning. That's my go-to. I like that. I like but that. But have you ever had apple jelly? Have you ever had peanut no. butter and apple jelly? No. Dude, it's a game changer. It's like, If you like apples, you'll love apple jelly. But... That's what I grew up on, peanut butter and apple jelly, not grape jelly. Really? Wait. Yeah. Wait, one more, one more. Have you guys ever had cream cheese and grape jelly on a bagel? That no. sounds amazing. It's amazing. It's Dude, so that sounds good. so good. Like a plain bagel? What are we talking? Did yeah. I, cinnamon raisin even? Yeah, you could do something like that. Any type of sweet bagel. But cream cheese and jelly, even strawberry jelly, any type of jelly with cream cheese on a warm bagel is so good. 
dude, I can't wait to wake up tomorrow because I know I'm going to go to the my local bagel bagelry bagel bagel shop. <laughs> I'm going to get that. I'm going to try that. Yeah, what's that? What would that be called? Bakery. No, just but a they, bagel they, shop. Yeah, they specify in bagels though. Just a bagel shop. Bagel okay. Shop. Sounds okay. weird. Deli. No. Maybe. Kind. Of, I do. They have lunch. They do have lunch there. Maybe. <laughs> Yes, but Delic- anyway, those are Delic- all Delic- <laughs> Yeah, I would trade any of those for Elijah Mitchell right now. Yeah, <laughs> that is no knock on Uncrustables because we love Uncrustables. Yes, we do. But Stop. Paul, who's your get that corn out of my face? Yeah, so what I really want to get in my face right now is a bagel with cream cheese and grape jelly. But what I'm throwing out of my face is one of my own guys in my personal team, not in fantasy. And it's Devin Duvernay. I am tired of this ride. I am tired of the disappointment. He hasn't scored over six points in a game, even with Rashad Bateman sidelined. So that's the last four or five games. He hasn't eclipsed six points. The eye test wise, Lamar is, I mean, we did have a lot of drops this week, but Lamar is also overthrowing wide open receivers downfield. And of course, nobody sees that unless you watch the games, but the red zone touchdown percentage is horrendous. Duvernay was scraping by in the beginning of the season on like three or four targets, but he was scoring a touchdown or two in those games. And so with just the complete lack of talent on the offensive side of the ball, not named Mark Andrews, I'm going to name three guys who are owned under 40% of leagues on the waiver wire. And you tell me if you would prefer them over Duvernay. Zay Jones. Yes. Nico Collins. Yeah. Nico Collins has had eight or nine targets a game. Yeah, he gets like close to double digits each week, so I would take that. Take your guys' word for it. <laughs> shit about Nico Collins, but I know that Devin Duvernay does jack shit. So I yeah. And then Mac Collins with the Raiders. Oh uh, yeah, I with the injuries, I like Mac Collins with the injuries. With the injuries, yeah. True. With the injuries, yeah. Yeah. So this is a. Uh, I'm not saying. We're having a fantasy funeral for Devin DuVernay by any means because I think the talent is there. But yeah, he's, safely, young. he's young too. He's safely droppable in redraft, even in PPR leagues. He's safely, safely droppable. Wait, you mean redraft and dynasty he's <clears throat> droppable? Or? No, I wouldn't drop him in dynasty. Yeah, me neither. No, I wouldn't drop him in dynasty because he's young and he's electric. And the Ravens are just missing that one star receiver who can help take some. <laughs> Dude, don't get me started on that. I don't even know what I don't even know what I would do with Lamar right now. I traded Duvernay for a third round pick next year, which is working out. It was funny because right when the trade happened, Bateman got hurt, so I looked like an idiot. But I think I'm looking pretty good right now. Third round pick in next year's deep wide receiver-based draft class, I think I'm going to find a hidden gem there. Yeah, and even deep running back class next year, right? Isn't that what you are saying, Bob, earlier on one of the episodes? It's, it's deep regardless. Quarterback, yeah. running back, wide receiver. It's going to be a well, no, really that's, fun offseason. I was, I was talking about the free agent class, but yeah, apparently this – I haven't looked too much into it yet, but I know one guy who I watch a lot, Bijan Robinson in Texas, is like the top all the draft boards. He's yeah. – apparently yeah running backs are just you never know but he seems to be like that clear cut kind of reminds me of when leonard fournette came out of college and everyone was like this guy's the next great running back and we all saw how that turned out fournette has been good but he hasn't been as advertised when he was coming out of college obviously but we'll see but i'm gonna this is gonna be a little 
hot takey. He's more of an honorable mention for get that corner out of my face because I know there's plenty of scenarios where this guy will still be in your starting lineup. He's been pretty much an RB2 all year. And but getting into that like deeper part of the schedule where playoffs are becoming a thing now. It's going to be tough to start him. He has a tough schedule coming up. Damian Pierce. Been yeah, very dude. Damian Pierce. Been very good all year for a rookie running back. Put up double digits in seven consecutive weeks in the middle of the season. Past two weeks have been not great. 3.7 and then 4.6. He gets Cleveland, who has a weak run defense this upcoming week. But then after that, he plays Dallas, Kansas, Tennessee, and that those are two playoff weeks right there. So I wouldn't be feeling too good about starting Damian Pierce if it comes playoff time and you know if you have to, but the Texans also aren't going anywhere either. They're gonna be down a lot, they're gonna to have to throw the ball a lot, and he hasn't had a lot of pass game involvement throughout this season. So he's not really he's definitely not droppable, but He's not a guy that I would be confident starting down the stretch anymore. I think he had his time this year. Yeah. He's going to be good going forward, but not a guy I'd be confident in. What do you okay. guys think? It's one of those players where it's like, you know that if you bench him, he's going to have a good game. Yeah. But there's those players that just have that title, like where you bench him and then you're just like hoping he sucks. <laughs> and then when you start him, you're just – praying to God he doesn't suck and then it'll probably happen. So like he he definitely is that type of player and he's just not on the right team. No. He passes the eye test as a rookie running back, yeah. but it's yeah. hard to say he's going to make a leap if he continues to be on the Texans. Yeah. You know, Philip Lindsay was the same way. Oh wait, no, he was on the Broncos. Yeah. But but Philip Lindsay was the same way. He was on a bad team, he was a good running back and then he stayed on the Broncos and Bad teams are like constantly because since they're constantly switching coaches, the playbooks and offensive schemes are constantly changing too, which I think makes it harder for younger players because all they're trying to do is find an offense that they can fit in with. And uh, when you get all wishy-washy in terms of coaching and playmaking or play calling rather, it becomes a risky start. Yeah. A game script is also, like I said, he's only had 15 rushing attempts the past two weeks and that's because the Texans have been down early and often the past two weeks. So he hasn't done anything. They're probably going to be down against Cleveland with Deshaun Watson coming back. Dallas, they'll be down. Kansas City, 100%. Tennessee, divisional matchup, but they have a good defense. They'll probably be down. And then you're, you know, if you make it to the championship game, he's playing the Jaguars. Are you really going to feel confident starting him? Probably not. If you have a better option, I would go with someone else. That He just doesn't have any favorable matchups or game scripts, it looks like, for the rest of the season. Yeah, and I think I, I have Damian Pierce in Dynasty, which I'm thrilled about because I love having him in Dynasty. I think he's proven that he's a good football player. But what was saving Damian Pierce's, even his good weeks this year, is the Texans were always in negative game scripts, but they still fed him the ball. And now you're seeing them get down into negative game scripts and just completely move away from the run. And that's never good for, like Bob said, Damian Pierce is not a PPR machine by any means. And so it's tough. It's tough. My dynasty team is slowly falling apart. Cooper Cup, ETN, who knows what's going on with ETN? He's fine. Yeah, he's okay. fine. Quote, unquote, he just okay. him out to be safe. 
Yeah, quote unquote, he said he'll be straight for next week. Love it. Love I will it. also be straight next week, but I can't <laughs> guarantee anything after that. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot, there a lot of chat in the Yahoo chat. People are like, "Yeah, I'm going to be straight this week. Then I'm going to be gay next week." <laughs> People say the same thing. <laughs> you, know, you just never know. All how the tides go. They're like this dude switching his sexuality every week. <laughs> <laughs> next week it's going to be like. Travis Etienne, gay, out in two weeks. <laughs> oh, man. Do you guys have anyone else? I can do a quick one. I think Alan Lazard, I want to get out of my face because he, if you're still starting him, I would say that you're in fantasy denial, kind of like how I am with Devin Duvernay on my one dynasty team, kind of forced to start him. But, and plus, it's Dynasty, so I'm going to keep him. But, yeah, I think you're still in fantasy denial. He started off the season strong. Like, the first month, maybe six weeks even, he started off the season pretty strong. But it seems like Aaron Rodgers has a new receiver that he likes to throw to, and that's rookie Christian Watson. Due to setting records for rookie wide receivers in terms of consecutive games with touchdowns, that is a skewed stat. That does not mean that you're good in any way. But it is nice to see a rookie wide receiver pair well with Aaron Rodgers because it never happens before but he's just not a sexy start anymore especially as we get closer to the playoff push because he's got Chicago next week who does well against receivers Aaron Rodgers may not be the quarterback next week and then they have a bye so it's like why even have him on your team at this point he's droppable you start him you're in denial and you probably suck at fantasy yeah I'm definitely in my other league I been forced to start him because I drafted terribly with wide receivers. I thought Michael Pittman was going to be something this year, and I also drafted Brandon Ayuk's inconsistent, and I just ended up thought Alan Lazar would be better. He had a good couple weeks, but definitely Christian Watson seems to be taking, especially if Jordan Love starts. You know, it looked like Jordan Love was liking Christian Watson, so I, I'm on board with you with that, John. I wouldn't say he's droppable from my perspective, but. Definitely bench-worthy and definitely worthy of get that corn out of my face. And the last one I'll talk about, so we haven't really talked about a quarterback, Dak Prescott. Is it that bad? I mean, he got under 15 points again. Oh, yeah, it's not good for a guy like Dak. Yeah, and I usually love stacking quarterbacks, and CeeDee Lamb is for sure still must-start. He's playing really well this year. Oh, he had two, um, he had two picks, though, so that kind of worked against him. Yeah, but Dak just has absolutely zero rushing upside, which is like all like a lot of your top 12 quarterbacks this year. I'd say probably at least half of them have some kind of rushing ability. Yeah. I know Mahomes slings the ball, but Mahomes can get out and scramble too if he wants. And so Dak Prescott, I'm starting Geno Smith next week. And I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah. He doesn't have, he has some decent matchups, but I feel like Geno Smith has just been better honestly yeah. well the cowboys have this new identity where they're going to run the ball down your throat with pollard and zeke and then their defense is just so good yeah so michael a, michael parsons is like fucking deserves mvp dope. votes like yeah he's ridiculous yeah damn glad i'm glad a quarterback made it on because we really don't talk about quarterbacks when we're doing these types of segments we don't really talk about quarterbacks or we definitely don't talk about tight ends so it's good to mix them in a little bit. Yes. I just won some money on the Colts scoring a touchdown. So that's Who good. scored? Jonathan Taylor got in, but I had Colts for the opening drive to score a touchdown in the second half. Did he get in? Two yards. Damn it. I need 30 more yards out of him. 
and then I win money. Nice. Nice. All right, guys. So this was episode 20. Thank you for listening. This is the iTest, a fantasy football podcast. We are on YouTube, so if you're listening there, thank you for listening. And as always, we are on TikTok, the iTest Pod 1, where we post other types of entertaining content. If you don't feel like listening to our full DFS podcast, we post our teams on there, as well as waiver wire pickups. And thank you for listening. We will see you guys next week on Tuesday after week 13. Peace. See ya. See you next week.